Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for October 9th, 2023. I'm Phil Adler. I think it's safe to say that financial markets can be extremely sensitive to the Federal Reserve's interest rate policy. Perhaps not so much what the Fed has done, but what it might do. Confluence Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady joins us today to discuss how the changing composition of the Fed's Open Market Committee, which votes on monetary policy, may offer some clues about its future actions. Bill, I'm not sure if we investors are all that aware how much and how often the makeup of the FOMC changes. How does this work? Well, Phil, the the Federal Reserve Committee that determines policy is made up of seven governors and 12 district presidents. The seven governors and the New York Fed president are permanent voters on what is called the Federal Open Market Committee, which actually votes on interest rates. And then in addition, each year, four regional presidents vote on a rotating basis. Thus, the governors and the New York Fed president dominate the voting bloc, but each year the presidents do get a voice. And remind us, how long are the terms for the FOMC governors? Well, a full term is 14 years. Governors are appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. By making the terms long, it prevents a president from stacking the board to influence policy. So you might say that the rotation of the four regional presidents onto the voting committee each year adds an element of uncertainty and and might keep the committee from settling into rock-hard positions? It does. The regional presidents were a concession made to make the creation of the Federal Reserve politically palatable. The U.S., for much of its history, avoided having a central bank. Most of the country feared the financial power of New York, and so there was a goal of disseminating financial power. The creation of the 12 district banks was done to give citizens comfort that New York wouldn't dominate. At the same time, the regional banks can offer a local flavor to policy. The Federal Reserve System in Washington employs over 200 Ph.D. economists. The local district bank boards select their presidents, so many of them are not economists and thus offer a different perspective. Now, what are current expectations by the financial markets regarding interest rate policy? The financial markets have been consistently predicting that the Fed will cut interest rates at some point. Now, historically, we like to look at the two-year deferred Eurodollar futures implied rate to get insight on this expectation. Sadly, that market no longer exists as LIBOR has stopped trading. It's been replaced by a secured rate called SOFR, which offers similar insight but unfortunately lacks the credit risk that LIBOR offered. Now, based on our calculations, the markets expect Fed funds to be between 3 and 3 and a quarter percent two years years from now. That doesn't seem unreasonable, but the trick is how fast do you get to that point? We should also note that in May, this indicator was suggesting a 2% Fed funds target. So there's been a rather significant upward shift in expectations. So would you say the current makeup of the Fed leans hawkish, at least more hawkish than financial markets have recently anticipated? Well, it is hawkish, but it shouldn't really be a surprise that this current committee was going to be hawkish. The real issue is that markets didn't believe the FOMC when it signaled it would be hawkish. They believe the Fed would cut rates regardless of the hawkish rhetoric because that's what's been done most of the century. Well, looking at how openings next year will be filled, will this hawkish leaning change? 
It appears so. Obviously, we get the regional voters to change. In addition, President Biden has appointed new governors who have also leaned dovish. Now, this year, based on our analysis, there are three voting doves, two normal doves and one we refer to as an Uber dove. Next year, there will be five doves, four normal and one Uber. Also this year, there were six hawks, four normal and two Uber hawks. Next year, there will only be four hawks and only one Uber hawk. Well, I imagine a lot depends on how strong the Fed chairman is as a leader, whether he can rein in dissenting opinions enough to present a more or less united front. If Chairman Powell leans hawkish, maybe he might persuade the more dovish members to come around more to his point of view. Would you call Fed Chairman Powell a strong leader? You know, he doesn't project an image like Volcker Greenspan did, who were known to be dominant. But if you look at his record, he has had very few dissents, which suggests he generally gets his way. And I imagine you pay close attention to the number of dissenting opinions at each meeting of the FOMC. Do you think they are a reliable indicator of a change in Fed policy? Well, not necessarily, but they do suggest when there is uncertainty about the path of policy and uncertainty can lead to swings in policy direction. Bill, Confluence Investment Management works from a table which measures the policy leanings of each FOMC member. I'm curious about the purpose of the numerous speeches and comments by FOMC members. How often do these speeches and comments signify real changes from past positions, or do they more or less mostly lend credence to perceptions already in place? Well, now, most of the time, members on the board are established in their thinking. Thus, from their backgrounds, you can reasonably guess what their policy stance is going to be. In fact, regional bank presidents used to clearly reflect their bank boards. For example, the St. Louis Fed used to be a bastion of monetarism, and the Kansas City Fed was always consistently hawkish. But that pattern hasn't held recently. For example, we've had a couple of members who have shown significant changes in their stances. James Bullard, who was the St. Louis Federal Reserve President, shifted from moderate to dovish, to hawkish. He used the thought process he described as a regime, and when the path of economic data changes, he was prone to wide policy shifts. The other is Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank President Kashkari, who moved from being an Uber dove all the way to an Uber hawk. Kashkari's thinking seems to be driven by idiosyncratic factors. But outside those two, generally speaking, most FOMC members are consistent in their policy stances. Do you think there is an agreed-upon ceiling within the FOMC as to when high interest rates will almost definitely trigger recession? Well, you know, that's part of the problem. I'm sure if you polled economists a couple of years ago and told them how this FOMC would raise rates, there'd be high confidence that a recession would follow. As we've described in recent reports, there's been a set of circumstances that has reduced the power of rising interest rates to slow the economy. But it may have less to do with the level and more to do with duration and circumstance. Well, what is Confluence Investment Management's current expectation for Fed policy for the next year or so? Well, I have to say there is division on the committee on this issue. Our asset allocation committee begins its fourth quarter meetings this week, and monetary policy will be a key component of our forecasting. Personally, I think Chair Powell is determined to bring inflation down by any means necessary. That would argue for a more hawkish stance. However, there is a clear history that if there is a financial panic, rates can be cut aggressively. Sadly, accurately forecasting financial events is devilishly difficult. 
But I think we can say the FOMC is probably leaning towards at least keeping rates elevated until inflation clearly falls. Of course, given the dovish leanings of the 2024 FOMC, that that stance might be hard to maintain. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Be aware that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our audio engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Antler.